Someone familiar But surely not me For he can't believe Look how old and cold and tired and lonely he's become Not until Welcome to Savage Beast, a podcast where two aging hipster dads talk about the music that was cool when they were young. Uh, I'm old fogey Joe Gallagher, and uh, with me uh, for a little while longer until death, sweet death takes him to the void, is crotchety geezer Paul McLeod. Hi, Joe. Uh, (laughs) I feel great. (laughs) That's what they all say. (laughs) <laughs> just before the sweet veil of endless night wraps them up. Certainly when you when you actually realize that you're about to die, you're like, oh, finally. Thank God. That's true. It's like a um, nice little swaddle. It's yeah, uh, It comforts you, know. you on your journey to the infinite. <laughs> I think of death as life's orgasm. Which I take, you know, I mean, we're in the infinite now. It's not like we're going to be somewhere different. We're just going to be in a different. <laughs> we're gonna, our consciousness will be different. No, no, I'm a I'm a hardcore materialist, Joe. When you're dead, you're dead. Uh, yes. Well, and I think that <laughs> our material though might enter into a different form of understanding the universe that we now okay. cannot uh, comprehend. I'll I'll take your word for it. Okay. Well, we'll talk when we're in that form. <laughs> We'll be, I mean, we'll be the same <laughs> universal being, so we, we'll have a good discussion about it. Podcasting to itself for eternity. <laughs> the ultimate podcast. <laughs> Buddha was the first caster, man. Um, Whoa. Yeah. That's a, that's a good Cohen if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. We, uh, Paul, uh, about yeah. three and a half weeks ago, incredibly, uh, I can't believe it's been that long, uh, I had yeah a child. Well, I didn't have a child. Mm-hmm. My wife had my child. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, now I'm, now I'm a dad just rocking out to all the songs uh, I used to love. <laughs> I literally was listening to like yellow lead better on the way to work this morning <laughs> oh that is the daddest of rock now my friend such dad rock it's almost grandpa rock um yeah eddie vetter could literally be a grandfather for all i know true he probably is he probably doesn't know either but he, he probably is <laughs> uh do you think we can have this podcast long enough that our kids uh-huh. can be on it uh um I mean, theoretically, Gavin could be on it now. We could do like, uh, actually, here. This is a good idea that I just came up with. Yes. Uh, when the next time, the next big like summertime bubblegum pop hit, whatever that is. Yes. You know, whichever atrocious, uh, you know, party song there is, we'll have Gavin on to review it because he likes that those songs. Awesome. Yeah, yeah see- he loved. Like from an early age, he loved like that LMFAO song. This is two oh, straight fantastic. LMFAO references on this podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> and he loves uh, "Happy" by Pharrell. So, so we got to find whichever one we get of that this year and see if he has opinions. I mean, as a little as a kid, I think his age, I loved um, Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You." So, oh yeah. I mean, I just oh yeah. I'm, I'm, no shade on Gavin here. No, no. Um, I was thinking though that, you know, if our kids, if they have as good a taste as us, they will naturally, Mm -hmm. uh, have scorn and dislike for much of what we enjoy. Like that's a function Hmm. of them having, you know, cutting edge. Is it though? I mean, we, we love, we like the cool uh, underground music from the 80s not all the music that we like but like some of it yeah 
Yeah, but like the cool underground music that that cool dads like us would have been dadding out to uh, 30, 40 years ago. Um, that was uh, that's still that's still all right. You know, you've got you know Joy Division and Sonic Youth and true, uh, a little true. bit later the Pixies. True. You know, I guess now that I say that, I can't really think of a song, a band that I like either my literal father or his generation like that i'm like fuck that band maybe linda ronstadt oh oh yeah no no there's all kinds of bad music um uh i mean huey lewis in the news was also popular during the time period we're speaking of right Um, well that's the thing i mean will i feel like weezer could easily be the huey lewis in the news of uh our children's generations that might be a little bit more uh, along the lines of how it works, actually. Yeah, um, I, they may not be avant enough. By the way, speaking of Weezer, I didn't plan to bring this up, but <laughs> so um, you know, Pitchfork did their Sunday retrospective uh, review on the Blue Album this week. Yes, so they so- gave it a perfect. They gave it a perfect ten. Right, Here, let me yeah. let me set this up. Okay, so I'm like. Oh, Oh, cool. This is an album I love. I know Joe loves this. This may be his favorite album ever um, or close to it. Um, I'll share this good news with Joe. And your immediate reaction was, was uh, you can say it. Uh, these cowards. Uh, <laughs> h- how dare they? Uh, I think I at first said, um, uh, I said it was an easy, easy 10. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then, that you said like that's easy. They should have done this for Maladroit. Yes, yes. They, you know, if they really had some balls, they would have spent three thousand words defending Maladroit. <laughs> I was thinking like, sure, that's true. That would have been ballsier. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've been like, man, you just can't fucking please Joe. They <laughs> they spent their most prominent review slot of the 30 they put out each week on one of his favorite albums. And they gave it a 10. They don't even give all of these albums a 10 when they do these. Uh, and Joe was just like, yeah, uh, you should have done this about a bad album by a band. I like that would have been better. Well, so anyway, that just cracked. Me that up. is true. I mean, I'm definitely like, <laughs> I just expect them to give my favorite albums tens. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking beyond that, you know, I'm like a, a, like, a nervous basketball coach like a neurotic basketball coach who just you know a win Uh is a relief and a loss is devastating Uh, and that's how i view pitchfork's reviews of the bands i like joe melodroid is a loss i i I hate to break it to you uh, you know years later i guess my if i had a real point it's that i would love to like uh I would just love to think about Maladroit more. It's just more interesting to think about than the Blue uh-huh. Album, which everyone just agrees. I mean, it was a well-written article, but everyone just agrees that that's yeah. 10 insanely well-written alternative yeah. rock songs that are, you know, uh, uh, perfectly on the edge of, like, pop and emo and rock. Sure. Um Everybody knows it, and it's still good to have a, a nice encomium to it. Yes, you know? yes, it feels it, good to read. Yeah. Anyway, go on. It's like coming back to uh, one of your favorite pornographic movies. <laughs> uh, I never, I never watch the same porn twice, Joe. I think that's literally true. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's impressive. Um, we'll talk. Well, about Well, I that. mean, how else am I going to get through it all? Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about this on. Uh, uh savage savage breast um <laughs> which is the correct the actual phrase the correct phrase but we apply it to the wrong topic so that is almost too perfect i can't believe we didn't think of that before um um excellent you know we'd be cutting to the cold <laughs> open right uh, to the theme song right there uh except we mm-hmm. have um pro- possibly the coolest thing uh, that's ever happened to this podcast, even though we had to pay for it, um, uh-huh. is, a, is about to happen. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Uh, cool AD, uh, one of our f- uh, favorite rappers, um, tweeted that he was having a sale 
and he was offering to freestyle over any beat for a hundred dollars. Um, and uh, Paul, I shared that with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you were out, uh, getting drunk with some clients possibly I'm definitely getting drunk. Yeah. Definitely getting drunk. Yeah. I can't remember whether clients were there or not. Um, and, uh, I, we, we debated and decided that, uh, our theme song, uh, was mm-hmm. a good enough beat to send him. Uh, and, uh, he just sent it back. So we're going to listen to it together for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. simultaneously across the, across the earth. Uh, Paul, do you have any, what are your expectations? Um, I'm prepared for him to be like, uh, try to rap for a few bars and then be like, uh, trail off and then be like, yo, this beat is trash. And then just stop. Yes. I'm prepared. So for anything that beyond well. that, anything beyond that, then, uh, I'll be happy. Uh, this is going to be surreal. Okay. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, uh, the theme from Savage Beast featuring cool ad are the same thing basically swerve through the curves amazingly paint me like a surgical portrait of your soul's wild energy wild that's beautiful bless have a nice dream peace a lot aztec yoga kool-aid allah whoop whoop jarasta whoop uh holy shit whoa that was awesome <laughs> that was so fucking cool wow he destroyed it <laughs> <laughs> he even name checked us, which was he cool. Did. Oh man, that was I was hoping for the name check. Uh, uh-huh. I, uh wow. Savage Savage <laughs> Beast or at least above average. Or above average <laughs> Savage Beast or above average at least. Bridge at least, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, he even gave us a tagline for our podcast. Yes. Um Oh man! Uh, wow. First <laughs> off, thank you to Visca- Victor Vasquez. Uh, yes. Cool AD. Uh, that yes, was, that really was the sale of a century. It it was. Um, I'm speechless. Uh, there was a lot. <laughs> I of, was. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot of Egyptian uh, mythology in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, to which I am now a convert. Yes. I uh, worship the god Osiris and uh, hasten his return. Um, yeah, I, I, I just am gonna. I'm definitely gonna listen to it like five more times. Uh, after <laughs> this, I might, I might put yeah. the lyrics on Genius <laughs> <laughs> and then annotate them. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, I was impressed that he wrote out the whole intro which worked out okay and then i was also impressed that he actually embraced the spaciness of the 
uh, part at the end by turning up the reverb. So he he put a little bit of thought into the production. Totally. Um, I uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, he's a consummate professional, uh, and he uh, um, did what he uh, said he would do and applied his. He did. Uh, uh, amazing skill to our humble humble track. Absolutely. Um, did uh, what's your estimate for how many of these he actually uh, uh, has contracted for through this one offer? It looks like just basing on uh, off Twitter, like when he posted this, it looked like about four or five people had taken him up on it, like through replies. I mean, I don't know. I guess I, mm. I couldn't really search. I didn't really do a thorough if search. D- if his DMs are open, you might not have seen them all. That's true. Um, um huh. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Interesting. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he, um, you know, was rolling, um, you know, <laughs> just the fattest blunt possible, and he just, you know, kind of works through a dozen of them. Um, yeah. I also want to apologize. In a previous cast, uh, I said that we were theorizing that he lived in in Brooklyn, uh, in mm-hmm. austerity, perhaps. Uh, uh, he does not. He lives with his wife and child. Uh, in a simple shack uh, on the Pacific coast of Mexico. Uh, for real? For real. Because, I bet you can do that for like $200 a month. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> I, it, you know, just the fact that uh, we also contributed to his rent uh, there, mm-hmm. uh, just beautiful, beautiful. Um, I love, That's awesome. I love thinking of him being there and recording this. Uh, uh-huh. Hell yeah. Uh, wow. Well, Paul, your congratulations. Your um your career as a producer uh yeah. has has peaked. Um and it's a yeah. beautiful peak. No doubt the no doubt the rapper in question does not remember my career as a producer, but <laughs> hey. all the other several dozen of I'm these sh- at least he's been doing. But uh I appreciate I'm sh- it. You know, it awesome. I'm sure like Wheezy has recorded you know verses for like 50k and just has no memory of them like you'd play it back for him two years later and he's like what the fuck is this <laughs> that's there's no question that's i'm true, not gonna right, try to right. do my my little my little wade impression i don't know <laughs> i don't think i don't think i have one yeah in me yeah at all i'm actually as i think there's, of it as i think about me attempting it in my mind uh, all these alarms are going off that just say racist <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, f- the future racist police will come back in time to kill you for trying that. Um, um, okay, so I, I think in you know on a future cast at some point, once I get around to to try to trans- transcribe it, we'll have to we'll have to explicate the lyrics in true Savage Beast fashion. <laughs> Um, yes, a little yes. later on, <laughs> uh, beast Paul, or average at least. Paul, should we use uh, the, should we use this as our theme song going forward? Uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll open it up as a <laughs> to the people. I say we will. Um, we will. I could, I could. I mean, certainly the part where he name drops us is a li- is too perfect. Um, yes, yes. That actually gets the name of the podcast into the theme song, which is uh, one yes. element lacking right now. Right. Um, we'll so much so that one of my friends was like, are you going to name that cool beat you played? I was like, oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but like, like, are you going to tell us wh- who made it and so forth? So anyway. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm pumped, but let's move on mm-hmm. to our uh, main topic of discussion. Yes. Yes. Which, which, uh, uh, I don't know about you, Joe, but my ears are actually literally slightly ringing from preparing for this uh, discussion. Um, so that makes it a good one. Yes, uh, we are reviewing uh, two new albums by two very good rock groups, uh, Japan Droids mm-hmm. and Cloud Nothings. Um, yes. And they both dropped their albums at the very beginning of this year. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think we we'd first decided just to do Cloud Nothings and Japan Droids was out too. They seem to fit together. They seem to be. Are these bands from the same grouping in your mind? Uh, yes and no. They're uh, almost perfectly contemporaneous 
pure guitar rock bands uh, yes. who appeal to the indie scene. Um, but style-wise and even and philosophy and age-wise, no, they're not alike at all to me. Um, I guess they, they're alike just in that they are two of our more prominent uh, guitar rock bands going now. But that's that's about it. Interesting. I mean, to me, when you say they're that pure guitar rock, um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that is a, uh, you know, genre, a subgenre, par- perhaps is a better word mm-hmm. for it, where it's what, you know, as we move into a f- the phase that is post indie, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're part, that's part of this transition. Um, well, let's listen to a little bit then. Yes. And discuss it. was entered entirely by cloud nothings from their new album a life without sound um or just life without sound and uh that song i would say that is the most um straight ahead pleasing pop song on what is their most straight ahead pleasing pop album since they um became hard uh punkish uh guitar rock band and um that song at least completely rules um yeah, that's one of my favorite tracks from the album. Uh, it is a, a track, I mean, an album full of outstanding tracks. Um, and that and a couple others stand out for um, perhaps a little more of a dynamic feel and um, mm-hmm. just that uh, where he, he throws a little more emotion behind it. Um and it's it's got this clean distortion, um, but there's like mm-hmm. a dirty undertone to it, which is just my way of describing Cloud Nothing's <laughs> signature sound. Yeah. Um, no, when you say dynamic, I don't know if this is what you meant, but like there's definitely sort of a, a rolling up and down quality to the uh, guitar part in the verse that is just really fun and... Um, uh, surprisingly light for cloud nothings and then um the uh chorus uh while not exactly like uh heavy um is a lot louder and uh one of their more I, for a band with a lot of inventive riffs it's one of their more inventive ones uh they've ever done um with the way it's sort of especially the first time around does that like stop start screech thing and um uh, no question the moment where my head uh, is banging the hardest during this album. It's interesting, you know, Cloud Nothings, before they were a band, before, when they were just uh, one person, um, Paul, why can't yeah. I think of his name? Dylan Baldy is his name, Joe. Thank you. Um, I just, Evan kept popping up in my mind, and that's because uh, I haven't really slept more than three or four hours. 
uh, <laughs> any night for several weeks. Um, so back when it was just Dylan, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was more of a, it had that indie pop sound. Um, I actually liked mm-hmm. this song of theirs called Hey Cool Kid, um, which uh, is really kind of this poppy riff that that loops endlessly when you and you can't even really tell what he's singing over <laughs> it and i think a lot of that the, that influence oh, i was gonna say that's funny oh okay it sorry. is it is but i it, should <laughs> you should listen to damn it <laughs> what's happening <laughs> what's happening okay joe you leave for one podcast and we have no chemistry anymore i it's, know uh, we have to get used to each other again it's, it's falling um apart. Uh, we'll go back to I was just going to say um, interrupting you for no reason that <laughs> it's interesting because you liked one of their songs uh, their early songs because I listened to the after Attack on Memory I listened to that album once and uh, was not into it and never went back anyway go on with your point please I'm sorry that's okay well my only point was that that yeah. uh, pop sensibility has stayed with them I, I think even through their heaviest songs um, but of course, yeah. um, you know, their, uh, life, I feel like their course was totally altered, uh, by having Steve Albini, uh, uh, engineer attack on memory and just bring yes. that, that raw lo-fi rock to, um, uh, Dylan's really amazing songwriting. And I think encourage him to go to the full band sound. Yeah. I mean, I presume they he picked Albini because he wanted to go in that direction anyway. True. Um, but Albini really brought it out, and uh, I actually just listened to that album in prep for this, and uh, uh, I noticed in contrast, actually, to the two albums since then, just how much, uh, in particular, the bass is just really distorted on that album, and um, sort of becomes this, like, I don't know, chugging worm at the bottom of every song that drives it and there's obviously the bass guitar is cool on these albums too but um that was uh just an interesting choice that is not totally the norm um that uh things are a little bit different now um yeah i mean i I think that was probably my um i enjoyed uh here and nowhere else the 2014 album that was between Mm-hmm. Life without music and attack on memory, but I really missed that mm-hmm. hard edged live band sound that attack on memory had um even though uh it was they were still great songs um yeah, and this album, that's interesting, yeah go ahead this album <laughs> this album comes back to that a little bit uh i uh-huh. I think it, it's it it sort of like cuts a middle path between the two. Um, and the result is there's um, several songs on this album that I like a lot more than anything on uh, here and nowhere else. Huh? That's interesting. My opinion's a little different in that. Um, so to me, it's not that here and nowhere else is less hard, although he definitely maybe screams a little less uh, freakishly than attack on memory. In fact, I think it's m- more intense and faster mm-hmm. than um attack on memory which is attack on memory to me is sort of like uh again having just listened to it again uh, i was thinking it sounds a lot like somebody decided to combine uh you know modest mouse built to spill style sort of more melodic indie hard indie guitar rock with uh really furious punk and the result is uh you know, within the within the bounds of um, you know, we're we're really splitting hairs between bands that are basically all uh, four guys with guitars and drums and bass and vocals. Um, it's it is somewhat uh, somewhat it stands out quite a bit from the rest of um, its contemporaries for combining those sounds in a in a new interesting way. Um, whereas here and nowhere else. Um, f- I, I get a lot less of while there are memory uh, the melodies and hooks I get a lot less of that sort of uh, modest mouse um, uh, I mean attack on memory sounds like it's consciously trying to sound like a modest mouse sometimes I don't know if it was but it kind of sounds like it um, whereas here nowhere else just sounds more like just 
really well written, really catchy punk songs um, played uh, with extreme ferocity, uh, almost start to finish. Um, And then here, rather than being uh, an average of those two, I feel like it's actually, you know, softer and without being soft um, and more uh, uh, less less aggressive, I should say, maybe than either of those albums. Um, so like you said, maybe going back to the very beginning styles that they had. Yeah, maybe it's an average less of the sound and more of the approaches of the two album. Um, okay, that yeah, makes sense. I, I see what you mean, that it's probably softer at times than either of them and less punk. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the comparison's hard because, you know, Attack on Memory, the first two songs no future no past and wasted days are just i mean mm-hmm. they're, they're some of my favorite rock songs of all time certainly in like uh, you know wasted days might be like one of my top 10 indie rock songs um so it's yeah. it's hard for anything they produce to um top that um you know those insane crescendos of angst um which now you know i hadn't really <laughs> i hadn't thought about how much of a modest mouse um, how much of a tool from the Modest Mouse uh, toolbox that is um, what they do on those that's that you know just keep ratcheting the tension up in, in these weird ways on yeah. those songs and it's not only that which they do uh, do a lot of the sort of Modest Mouse sort of like extended outro on another theme type of thing but then also um, what is hold on let me go find the name of the song um, because actually uh, attack on memory, I agree. Those are two of the best songs and they're awesome. Um, but, um, I forget what the name of the song is, but the, there's one on the second half where like the actual melody is very modest mousy sort of, again, that sort of loping, like going up and down, uh, type of thing. But, um, really like all eight songs on attack on memory are, uh, just incredibly good yes. none of them uh drag at all <laughs> um so while it is easy to, to pick out those first two songs um as being excellent um i kept like when i was re-listening to it i kept being wait, waiting for the moment where i was like oh yeah this song doesn't hold up as well and then i'm like no no actually i remember all of these and they're all great um so <laughs> <laughs> um whereas oh go ahead no it's just funny that like i think as the more I think about it, I mean, maybe this is already like, uh, you know, established, but I feel like Attack on Memory is like a classic indie rock album. Like it's sort of, it's, it certainly should be considered that it's holding up really well. Yeah. Um, I expect my, my children to listen to and enjoy it and yes. brief me on the finer points of their aesthetic experience with the album outstanding Um, certainly if they want any help with college tuition um (laughs) but uh (laughs) you know by contrast um life without sound is definitely an excellent album um but really uh, outside of up to the surface the first track and enter entirely which we played earlier um i don't know that any of the songs would quite hold up to the attack on memory oof um that said up to the surface, the guitar crescendo in the middle is so fucking awesome. Um, yep. It's worth having this album just for that. Yeah, I actually, um, my favorite track from this album is the last one, uh, Realize My Fate, which I think has oh, really? some of those crescendos that they reminded me the most of Attack on Memory. Uh, I think they played it, uh, it's a little more raw, um, mm-hmm. and I uh, just found myself you know the the album ended with a bang um and I, f- yeah. I find myself going back to that one and, and the one we played enter entirely um i do have that's awesome yeah, yeah. oh i do have oh, i was just gonna real yeah give you my tale of okay. realize my fate which was yes um <laughs> just um uh i don't quite agree that it's one of their best but that's fine um no i was listening to this album um on a plane from San Francisco to Victoria, Canada last week. Uh-huh. And um, without really meaning to, the album was like just ending as we um, as we got off the plane. And I was walking into customs. And so uh, 
I'm listening to like the last part of the song as it really ratchets up as I'm walking across the tarmac from my small airplane into the, uh, uh, the yawning doors of the customs office uh, to enter a new country. And it's sort of ridiculous because it's, it's Victoria, Canada, and it's a, a very nice, pretty town. But uh, it, felt, it felt pretty epic walking through nice. the uh, Canadian cold uh, with that on my headphones. Outstanding. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they, unlike the other band we're listening to, uh, Japan Droids, I feel like Japan Droids, they're, they're a Canadian band and they sound very American. But like Cloud Nothings is yeah. kind of an American band that sounds a little Canadian. Um, they have that <laughs> that mountainous, rocky feel to them. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they're from uh, Ohio, but they definitely fit that Pacific Northwest vibe. Definitely. Which, yeah, Japan Droids are actually even from Vancouver, right near where I was. So. Right. Um, I will say for Cloud Nothings, I mean, I had. Um, not for Attack on Memory, but for this album and the previous one, um, sometimes uh, I feel like they've both put together a really amazing album, and it, they also did it by the numbers at times. Um, it hmm. it feels like a very sometimes a very standard approach, and even though it's like flawlessly executed. Um, and I, this is a problem I have with, um, a lot of rock that lives in this post indie space where Mm -hmm. once you get past the first album or two and the bands mature, um, I can sometimes get, uh, I'm not, I'm not bored by it, but I, I have less to pay attention to. Like I, I, I think, um, the best example of this for me was uh is like symbols eat guitars who they're a mm-hmm. little a little older but um you know their first album was so good and then you know they've put out like three subsequent albums that are just rock music and it's like i can yeah. listen to them pleasure you know with pleasure but not there's not really much to think about and yeah. um you know cloud nothings are sometimes right on that line for me um which is not i don't know it, it might just be more yeah it might be also be in contrast to the amazing uh you know grungy bands that we're also listening to at this point in time um which i mm-hmm. can you know go back to um over and over uh you know something like <laughs> uh something like steph steph chora's album messes which i'm sure Ooh. we're, we're going to discuss uh on a upcoming episode uh most likely yeah um, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting thought. I feel like it's less that there's something wrong with the style and more just, uh, I don't know how many, how many bands have like 25 awesome songs in them. Um, true. You know, they just, they just, uh, attack on memory. He put down eight incredible songs and that's just a hard standard to live up to after that. Now, yeah. Uh, I think I have a higher opinion of here and nowhere else than you do, but I think we definitely agree that there's just a little lack of the same inventiveness um, in terms of melodies and and catchiness uh, on Life Without Sound, which, again, um, uh, if this were his first album, I would be like, great, this is going to be one of our great rock musicians. Um, And I still think that uh, going forward. But um, it's just... Uh, not quite as good as his very best. And I mean, all of our favorite al- bands, uh, you could say the same thing about them, about them too, probably for an album or two, that it just wasn't quite at their very highest peak. So that's true. Fine. True. I think there's, and I think that is a um, certainly an effect that's, uh, you know, when you put out an album as good as Attack on Memory, that you're going to have to deal with the follow ups having to live up to that but i also think that you know cloud nothings probably cite as their influences um you know fewer bands that are my favorite um yeah uh i i you know a lot of times i kind of classify these things that are in uh the nirvana zone where um (laughs) the, the rock is the rock is very like nihilist nihilistic sorry in a um 
you know Neolithic is how the how the the Italians would have said it two thousand um, years ago. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, and it has that uh, the that uh, kind of uh, high school stoner dropout vibe to it i don't know whatever you know like pure grunge actually i'll just say it has it has mm. more of that pure grunge to it than alternative and that probably uh sure i think you may have the most finely uh graded receptors for grunge <laughs> versus alternative versus indie of anybody on the planet um which is <laughs> not a criticism you. why thank it's you just sometimes you say something like that and i'm like i I'm not sure I know the difference between these two poles you're setting up, but um, <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I'm just, uh, um, <laughs> I just don't totally uh, have the same sense uh, here's or the, taxonomy, he, I should say. Here's the last thing. Is it, am I crazy to think that there's some, like a little bit of like nine inch nails in what cloud nothings do? You know, I mean, I know there's a uh, lot of different, there's a lot <laughs> of different nine inch nails stuff, but sometimes I get, that um i i don't want to call it or i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to re-listen and and listen for that because okay. that is a thought that had never occurred to me yeah <laughs> it's some sort of like it's like the darkness is very grand at points yeah and uh, uh, uh and and super intense um sure but maybe uh, that's just I don't know. That's funny. That's that's what I want out of my art. So that works for me. But I hadn't connected yes. it to Nine Inch Nails. There you go. I guess I w- I guess with my point about um, indie rock and or at least you know young rock bands and and keeping up the same level. Like, let's say that the next Car Seat Headrest album is like eighty five percent as good as Teens of Denial. Like, right. Will you feel like, oh, that's that's it, he's out of ideas, or will you feel like, well, that's a decent album while he works on making his next great album, or I don't know, what would your reaction be? Well, I think my reaction would be probably, I would probably need the information of like how much he tried to do the same thing versus tried something new. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a lot of the thing here where, although you know you and I are able to kind of talk about the subtle shifts in um, sound and theme and composition for these cloud, nothing records. It's not like this third record was, you know, his, uh, their electronic album or, you know, like a lot Mm. poppier or a lot darker. Uh, Right. And I think that's sort of what, maybe that's more what I'm talking about that a lot of these bands do get kind of in this you know, the the dinosaur junior path ah, of I see what you're saying. Trying to release um, the the same good record or just improve upon that um, at yeah. times, and um, so that would be my no, that's so, fair. Yeah, so that that would be my response to Carsey Headrest is I hope the next album doesn't sound that much like this one. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I could, I think so much of all the the bad albums that this let's radically shift our style <laughs> thing has produced. Right. Um, so maybe it's like, you know, uh, it's the kind of thing that as a band, you don't want to be the one trying that because the history of it is so bad if you just take it all in aggregate. But as a listener, maybe we do want our bands to try that because if they suck at it, we can just not listen. And if they're, but if they're awesome at it, like that's how you get to whole new levels of greatness, like, like a Radiohead, um, just sort of completely trying something totally different, um, halfway through their career and really making, making epochal changes with every album by the stands of other bands, well, standards of other bands. Um, so the yeah. radio, yeah, the, I, I mean, see your the, point. The Radiohead comparison is, is, uh, that was in my mind, but I mean, would you say that mm-hmm. Modest Mouse from Lonesome Crowded West to Moon in Antarctica. I mean, how would you describe that's true. that shift? I mean, that that's pretty big, even though they're both that's definitely... A, yeah. That's a huge shift. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I, I think... and it's But it's still like rock. It's not like Moon in Antarctica is their like pop electronica all keyboard album. Um, right. 
but it's an entirely different sound of rock album Um, yeah so i get your point and uh certainly none of these bands we're talking about have gone to those kinds of extremes um, with their shifts right so yeah i suspect that what i said is actually weighing on the minds of many of them and they they're like you know because from the 70s through the 90s when there were just huge or really the 60s to the 90s when there were huge advances in technological capability all the time um I'm sure it was really tempting for bands at every point in that period to take advantage of what was new and do something cool and different. Um, whereas now, I mean, the the technology for making sounds on record probably hasn't really changed much since the late 2000s. True, at least, true. you know, it, it's easier and cheaper now, maybe, but it's not you can't make radically different sounds the way like like okay computer had sounds on it that you could not have made 10 years before that um so i wonder if now that there aren't huge new technological vistas being opened all the time anymore bands say bands aren't as tempted by that and so they say instead let's uh just try to make the best possible version of what we know we do um more frequently i don't know that's an idea and you know there's there are i mean you know to uh give credit where credit's due um uh you know there are a lot of bands uh like parquet courts that you know their album you know human human performance that came out last year was very different uh than you know their their previous couple of albums um i mean they change a lot i mean you know tame impala uh definitely um you know less to your Sat- with less <laughs> satisfaction for you see? but a lot of sex- you see what i'm saying but a lot of people <laughs> did um you know enjoy their um journey to the 70s um i know uh those people are wrong but it's, it, they did do that that album that album i listened to it again recently and it had it had definitely grown on me now that i've ex- now that i accepted the change mm-hmm. but of course i liked their previous <laughs> albums le- less uh, than you. I was less devoted to their previous albums. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I'll give it another shot. Yeah, um, we've we've drifted uh, mm-hmm. from the subject at hand, which is cloud nothings. Uh, I think I've said my piece. Yeah, me too. I the drifting is what makes it a podcast and not a written review. Um, so <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, let's listen to a track from uh, Japan Droids. Um, yeah uh, their latest album uh long name that has heart in it oh near to the wild heart of life yes That was Arc of Bar by Japan Droids. Um, Joe, your thoughts on that track? Uh, well, I guess I will use it to talk about the album. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this this album is really a total betrayal of the sound and principles of Ch- Japan Droids, uh, and I'd rather <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, it's you know, and indie rock uh version of kind of 
some grandiose 80s stadium rock, which, I mean, obviously the Japan droids have always imagined themselves playing in some, you know, giant raceway in, in Buffalo or Cincinnati um, uh, when they're writing their, you know, gigantic songs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, even... Uh, there's there's silly lyrics. There's upbeat riffs. It's uh, well built and engineered, um, and uh, I think this song kind of demonstrates the the good and bad of the album. Uh, there's like impressive pomp uh, that I, I think and, and they really strut about, um, which I think is a lot of fun. Um, and then, not to shoot my entire wad here. Uh, but you know, there's also uh, some really terrible lyrics. Uh, this, uh, I think, the, the, there's the the jukebox jamming, the lions lambing, uh, which, wow. Um, and and uh, here's the thing: what you realize, then you realize that they were never the the smartest band. And a lot of times, oh, no. <laughs> a lot of times when dumb bands get less angsty, uh, there's really not much to hide the shallowness. Um, and I, I went back uh-huh. and listened to, um, you know, post nothing, and I'm like, yeah, these mm-hmm. lyrics aren't good either, but they're very no. angry. They're very angry and like sad, so I don't care. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I love shouting like dumb lyrics when I'm angry, so it's not really a big deal there. Um, yeah, uh, Weezer. Weezer is a great example of a band who, when they got less angsty, you realize that Rivers is not not the best lyric lyricist in the world. See, see, he, I, some of the lyrics on the first two albums were very good. Um, yeah, different Especially argument. You're right. You're right. Different yeah, argument. Yeah. Different argument. Okay. Anyway, um, so you're mostly right about their lyrics, which are dumb. Um, uh, Young Hearts Spark Fire off of Post Nothing has good lyrics. Um, I don't want to worry about dying. I just want to think about Sunshine Girls. Actually, uh, I don't know. I think there is actually some poetry in that. Um, I would call those but, great, great bad lyrics, but. Maybe so, yeah. Smart, yes. dumb, yeah. Um, that may be fair, um, but uh, I certainly f- there's there's a there's you know um, a dialectic there that works for me. Anyway, um, the it's interesting um, that you pointed out the things that you enjoy about this album because why while I don't think it's bad. I've listened to it a few times now and I can barely remember anything from it. Um, I find that they have, they always had one idea and their one new idea this time was to add some synths in a way that didn't change anything about the music, (laughs) which is kind of impressive. (laughs) Um, You are right. There is definitely in the arc of bar that we listened to right there. Some, um, some sort of strut that reminds one a little bit of more mainstream uh, uh, blues rock duos like um, uh, the Black Keys. Um, although these guys are really more guitar, uh, uh, garage rock than blues rock. Again, f- splitting the fine hairs of yes. guitar-based rock music. Um, That's what but, the podcast uh, is for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, I I found it difficult to come up with a lot of things to say about this album because I mostly felt like, uh, you know, I went back and listened to Cl- Post Nothing and Celebration Rock as well, and um, particularly on Post Nothing, which I, in retrospect now, I think is my favorite Japan Droids album still. Um, uh, there's just not as much variety in structure and in and in song and in riff construction, um, and. Um, uh, like you said, without that, the the whole idea, I mean, and their their whole thing is we're uh, guys getting older who refuse to act like it, which is a sentiment I can totally not relate to. I don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, it it's it wears a little bit thin without some new ideas. In fact, I was even thinking 
um this goes along pretty well with what you were saying i think um i i was thinking about their their thing and then i was thinking about we are young by the band fun dot um and i was like dot. could i actually yeah could i actually prove that it's better to like japan droids than that song because it's it's pretty much the exact same thought um I guess you could say that the, and it's not like Japan droids have a lot of originality to their music. Um, it's pretty clearly on purpose a harkening back. Um, so I guess it just comes down to execution of songwriting, which is better. Uh, we Are Young yeah. is a bad song and I hate it. But but it's, it's, to somebody who wasn't familiar with the cultural tropes of our milieu, they, there's so many French words tonight. Um, they, uh, <laughs> they might be like, what are you talking about? This is the same thing. Well, I mean, I, I think that the other part of Japan, well, I agree thematically, Japan droids <laughs> share a lot, uh, with that horrible band, uh, fun, peri- <laughs> fun period. Um, uh, uh, I was once watching Fun Period on uh, like <laughs> SNL with a group of people, and I, I made the mistake. Um, I'm sure you've uh-huh. been in this position of being like just making, you know, just ethering them for be. I was like, yeah, this guy is so stupid. Like this is just, you know, just my god, uh-huh. you know. And then then looking around and realizing that everyone else in the room was like <laughs> actually into this. <laughs> dumbass song and like the dumbass dude um you know it's like yeah oh people with taste like this and that's sad um anyway (laughs) the other half of japan droids charm on like post nothing is that they like went for it they like chased these riffs and like kept building these choruses like in Mm -hmm. ways that almost every other band really chickens out from i mean they you know they they would build and build and build and they had saw no need for like slow letdowns or like quiet verses or anything like that um you know they just yeah you did always feel as if the guitarist might accidentally just like fall into the drum kit and ruin the whole thing yes um and and that you know that sustained them and so here, with that gone to some extent, um, it's mm-hmm. just it, it has no chance of really standing up. Um, yeah, and and I don't think I would like I don't think I would have paid any attention to this album if I if it wasn't the Japan Droids. Yeah, you may be entirely right about that. I think I would have been like I like this, but I don't know if I would have felt the urge to discuss it. You right, know? right. Um. Uh. <laughs> And thus we have negated our own podcast yet again. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I tend to think that uh, whereas I, I actually do believe that Cloud Nothings could totally, their next album could totally blow me away again. Um, I would be kind of surprised at this point if Japan Droids did, which um, I hate giving ambivalent reviews about bands that have done good things and that Uh, have their heart in the right place like this because it feels it actually feels mean um not that anybody listens to me but it still feels mean but uh um uh just in the spirit of being honest uh there's there's just a little bit lacking and um, they are getting older i don't know maybe they should go country yes i would listen to the japan droids country album um absolutely i feel like japan droids have um you know uh they have a lot of people rooting for them. Like people feel sure passionately about their music. Um, Maybe a lot of aging dudes who are living vicariously through a rock band. That's living vicariously through the alter egos they've created on their songs. Yes. Um, Although, (laughs) you know, I've met several, several women who really are really dig Japan droids. Um, Okay. They cross over. I mean, of course, that sentiment but, is 100% universal where you're rocking sure. out where you're 25 or 29 or, you know, 35 thinking, you know, pretending <laughs> you're 21 or 18. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that um, anyone yeah. of any of the uh, infinite genders can understand that sentiment. <laughs> 
absolutely yeah you know i was thinking also uh you know go looking at this theme of of refusing to go gently into that good night um a, a recent album we both really liked that i that pretty much tackled the same thing to a large extent was uh jeff rosenstock's worry dot right um which um i think uh there's more of an amb- there's more of an ambivalence to that album like this album is a lot of like shouting the sentiment out really hard um in sort of a the belief that you can sort of the secret it into existence um which you sort of can with guitars as loud as they have um but jeff rosenstock more like you know sort of expresses the ambivalence of that of um uh, he seems, I don't know, more observant and and wiser and more piquant about it, uh, and less just trying to to shout the years um, down, you know. Yeah, well, you're you're saying as like as a, a contrast to this, he's yes, exactly. He's, he's same subject treated more subtly, I guess. Yeah, he's thinking about it. Um, he. Uh, well, definitely like Sufjan, I think has been doing that for a while now where he thinks about being both young and old and where he's <laughs> in between those two poles. Um, uh, and yeah, I think worry, um, it just has, it's funny that the, actually the feel of that album, you know, has it's, it almost feels like it's more accepting of its age and its sound. Yeah. Uh, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah okay um which yeah there's a certain point with japan droids where um if you're not going to become the darkness um fucking (laughs) awesome band um you know you need to you need to kind of accept who you are and how you're you know uh evolving as a person um in order to keep making uh awesome art Absolutely. You know, a random stranger I met in Canada asked me if I liked the darkness. So, um, dude, that person was probably hmm. one of the members of the darkness. (laughs) Well, if one of the members of the darkness was a girl in her twenties, then, um, (laughs) I don't Uh, understand the darkness. Well, I saw the darkness live in Orlando at, at hard rock live, uh, while they were being filmed to be on MTV, uh, and that was one of the most fun shows I've ever gone to. Um, yeah, they there were several costume changes, uh, and it, the whole crowd was just having a good time. It's great when you can find a <laughs> band where you just go to a show and everyone is there. It's like just in a good mood. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no reason to go to the darkness if you're not um, just feeling great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least planning to become feeling great. Yes. Um, I want to shout out uh, poorly because I don't know who the hell they are. Uh, the bar band I was listening to while having this conversation about the darkness because uh, speaking of old guys and their nostalgia, uh, that was the greatest bar band I've ever uh, uh, listened to. So whoever that was in the Irish Times pub in Victoria, Canada last Friday, the February 25th or 4th, tw- February 24th, uh, Google has not helped me even with that all, all that information to figure out who they are. Uh, they were like kids in their 20s um, who were just playing like a ton of uh, like mid-2000s indie rock hits. So yes. like uh, like uh, Modest Mouse, uh, you know, uh, Float On. Um, and uh, now I was sort of drunk, so I can't remember any other the names off the top of my head, but there were... 10 great songs they played and it was fantastic um so uh bar bands they become a lot better when they're pandering to you it turns out um yeah i've had that i've definitely had that experience where uh um you know you're just in a bar and uh, i think i've had it where like you know just some band comes out and they're playing like 90s alternative rock covers you know Mm -hmm. busting out creep and um you know, a Smashing Pumpkin song. You're like, yes, this is. You just you, you feel like you hit the jackpot because they're they're playing, yeah. they're catering to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, that should happen um, to us more, as you know, <laughs> like it's our time. Like, well, like I said, this band was even doing the generation of songs after that, so um, it should be happening. 
Uh, my neck is still sore from jumping around that night. It was awesome. Were they the? I'm looking at this bar. Is, were the? Uh, were they the harbor rats? Or the, I? The, I think the I. S- I think I saw all the pictures currently on their site, and it was none of them. Okay. Um, I have a picture. We'll uh, maybe I'll do a Google search for their faces and see if that works. We'll get them on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, they might come. They're a local bar band. I, I shouted for them to play an original, and they said not yet. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll hear about random Victoria bar band someday. Awesome. Um, okay. All right. We have Joe. Do you have any last thoughts on Japan Droids? Um, I I do not. I have said what okay. I needed to say. Good band name. Just want to say that. <laughs> Fantastic. That's band true. Name. I it may have put me off a little bit when I first heard about them after post nothing, but um, it definitely has grown on me. Um, is it racist, Joe? I don't think it's racist. No, it's like nonsensical, but fe- you feel like it makes sense. You're like, oh yeah, Japan droids. Wait, what? Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> That's good. What does cloud nothings mean? Nobody knows, do they? I don't know. That's also a pretty decent uh, um, band name, I have to say. Even, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that then, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Cool AD, for... Um, uh, allowing us to pay you to make us cool and uh thanks to um uh man i didn't have anybody else to thank so thanks to twitter for hosting our uh twitter account <laughs> at savage beast pod and uh also bluehost for hosting our website at savagebeastpod.com mm-hmm. and thank you itunes for providing a service by which people may subscribe to and listen to and re- rate and review our podcast uh, where you can just search for Savage Beast Podcast and we'll show up. Um, so please, uh, anybody who wants to do those things, we would love for you to do that. Um, we uh, we enjoy it all. Yeah, thanks to Spotify, Google Music, and Bandcamp for uh, streaming magically streaming music to us literally any place in the world that we would mm-hmm. have any desire to be. Um, capitalism the source of all magic in life (laughs) it truly is it truly is and that's why we must burn it to the ground um (laughs) uh, our decadence absolutely is destructive um all right uh do it for the children joe do it for the children i will i will i can now actually do it for the children